American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back, Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states. Yes, folks. Washington, Welcome back to the Rebel and the Renegade Roundtable. And folks, yes, we need to take America back, but we don't need to take it back to the founders. We need to take it back to those brave people that took on the might of the British Empire. And they fought and fought hard. And for people who really saw what was coming, like Patrick Henry, Luther Martin, Robert Yates, and so many others, that's the country we need to take this back to. Because this Constitution is about as useless as toilet paper in a windstorm. And uh, I know I get people to hate me for that. Hate yourself away, folks. The truth's the truth, and I will not back up from it. Stephen? Let's go, buddy. Uh-oh. Stephen, where are you? Man, I okay, this screen does not cooperate with me. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I, yeah, I am, I am just glad to be here with you guys. I was just reminiscing about being up at the Dixie Republic. I, all three of us have been there before at the Travelers Rest. I was in Travelers Rest today. I wasn't able to go by there, but boy, that was that, those were some good times. I'm sorry. I just got caught up in my head. <laughs> I remember the last time I saw you, gentlemen. Oh, well, uh, you know, uh, count yourself blessed then. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember being there, and I remember just having all kind of problems with my laptop, and thank goodness I had a techno weenie from NSA there to help there me. There you go. And Blackbird, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. That was funny. I was sitting there going, okay, learning curve on Windows 11. It would be Windows 11, which I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> I'm glad we got you on the air before the showtime. That was so bizarre. Yeah, but, uh, you got me on the it, air. It, it all came back the next day on its own. That was the other thing that was you know, just bizarre. So Yeah, that was weird, too. And then, uh, of course, we've uh, had some weirdalities today, too, with uh, Richard Carey uh, texting me that he couldn't make it. Everybody got his message but me. So uh, we know we have friends in high places, don't we, Blackbird? Yes, yes. And speaking of which, you know, as you were talking about rights, you know, I can't help but think of the you know uh designated intellectual of the world economic forum you know the little <laughs> flaming homosexual uh noah harari oh god if you've ever sat and listened if you can stand it he does this ted talk and this was basically this whole transhumanist movement mindset of these jewish supremacists that rights are just stories rights are fictions you know, there's no such thing as human rights. Yes, you know, we use it, you know, to get, you know, to uh, change things. But in reality, there's no such thing as human rights. And so, you know, we're trying to, 
you know, play a game based around this constitution construct that says the individual has rights, it was that and the other. And the, if nothing else, the Patriot Act should have taught us that Bolsheviks have taken over the nation because the Geneva Conventions and prisoners of war and all those laws don't apply anymore because we're going to make up a new term called enemy combatant. And yes. it's basically, you know, Noah Harari's dream. It's that goyim with no rights, you know, that is accused of terrorism, domestic mm-hmm. or international terrorism, right? And so I just see, you know, all of these guys that would go to defend the border in the land of Sam Houston and Davy Crockett, right? You know, that then they would get tagged by somebody as Noah Harari as domestic terrorists and then have all of these little Jewish NGO groups that always have PBS specials on them. You know, <laughs> PBS always runs these special about these great NGO groups that hunt down these white supremacists and ruin their lives. And aren't we good Jews for doing this? And he's like, you know, basically this is the Marxist tactic. You know, it's a tag and track. You know, system that you know, they pick their enemies out, but if you try to you know talk about them, then that's gang stalking, abuse, and you know incitement to racial hatred, etc. Yeah, so it's interesting how they play, but it's you know their game is completely different to to anything you know in conventional warfare. I guess that's my point. You know, is if you're getting wrapped around about human rights, this, that, and the other, you know, they're not playing that. Yeah, they're and they're playing to win, and they want people like us dead and gone, and the population replaced to slaves that can be a little bit easier managed, right? That's what they want. Is you know the white Europeans? They're too hard to manage. They don't make good slaves. You just have to destroy them. But Mexicans and the you know, Chinese, yeah, we can make them into slaves. So back to you. Well, buddy, here is my point. You guys, you keep building the wall for me. If this group of people, and you know they hate us, they hate us people of the white culture because we're racist and all these other things. We're dumb Southerners. You know, we didn't know a good thing when we saw it. All of that other stuff, they're perfectly fine with. Now, do you not think that the uh, government would get all of the support they needed if they took out literally tens of thousands of us uh, crazy white guys with guns in Texas with this operation? Stephen? I don't know, man. I hope that there are enough quote-unquote crazy white guys in the rest of the country, That, but I, I really honestly don't know what would happen. That just – I'm thinking back now – okay, two things. All right, the first thing I wanted to mention, if I could – back up just a sec was when the department of homeland security they have defined three kinds of terrorism now there's as far as what we are committing you and i these thought crimes there's misinformation disinformation and malinformation and terrorism domestic terrorism malinformation is defined as information that is true but trials causes you to distrust authority so i mean this it's it, it we in kansas anymore it's kind of the the, the the thing i was going with there and uh, as far as oh i don't know what that what might come about with that they want us to be tagged as 
terrorists. Yes, it, we no longer have rights. We have this new classification. We're enemy combatants, so the contract doesn't apply anymore. Kind of like I was saying with the now this year, all of a sudden the insurance companies. Well, hey, we got to specify that war right and insurrection don't apply anymore either. And kind of like is weird that Amazon put that terms of service with that specified zombie apocalypse you know how much of this is theater and psyop and how much of it is going to affect us coming up i'm not sure but i do really think things are coming to a head this this spring well guys and then i want to blackbird to jump in here but i'm telling you if i was woke and i was in this administration and I or in this government, it doesn't have to be the administration. It doesn't make any difference if you've got an R or a D. It doesn't make any difference at all because they are still dancing on the end of a string, regardless of who they are. And I would contend this. Every governor in America and every politician of any importance has a Jewish handler. And they will tell them what they can do and what they cannot do. And that is why with this Operation Cyanide, where we talked with a gentleman from the Liberty yesterday, and we're looking at Abe Fortas, who planned this whole thing, who planned this whole uh, event in Texas and handed it to Greg Abbott and said, here, make this work. Your thoughts, gentlemen? I'd look back to who planned January 6th, maybe, you know, they probably moved on from that and some of those same people, I would suspect, straight up. But uh, and I was wondering about the the handler for Biden. Who, you know, that's speculation about that. But Blinken, I would think it is part of you know. And then, of course, the the what I've heard called the president of Ukraine, uh, uh, Newland. So yeah. you know, yeah. Well, guys, here's the thing that uh, I that is really troubling me now as I try to put these things together and. Blackbird, you and I both know that we're cursed with this. We look for patterns. And now, all of a sudden, in the past two weeks, the wonderful Trumpster, the orange-haired idiot, has brought up Lincoln how many times? Over and over and over again. Well, the, the Lincoln, I'm, I'm, I'm probably treated worse than Lincoln. Well, Lincoln is the one good president we can lean on. Uh what do you what do you see in this, Frederick? That was one of the things I was going to talk about was this trend I'm seeing of not only everybody referencing Lincolnstein all of a sudden, but this other trend of just the Confederacy were traitors. They were insurrectionists and they were traitors, right? And it's just flipping the reality on its head, but it's trying to brand that event, that that was a treasonous event. So now we can extrapolate forward that if Texas tries to secede or anything, then they are going to be traitors. And so I see that happening. And the other thing that's just weird is this Carrie Lake story. You're talking about how corrupt the Republican, the party of Lincoln is. And that she had this recording of the head of the GOP in Arizona telling her she needs to step aside for not forever but just for a couple of years to clear out all the Donald Trump people they they they're trying to dismantle MAGA 
right? Mm-hmm. And you know, she sits on this for months, and then she releases it this week. And, you know, just all around all this chaos in the Republican Party as all the rhinos masks are coming off. You know, we've seen, you know, how much, uh, uh, what is her name, this Rala, you know, a.k.a. Nikki Haley, you know, that her mask is coming off, just her hatred of white people. And so you see in the Republican Party all these people that are aligning with this Zionist mission to do away with white people, basically. And that you, you know, it's not just the Democrats. They're not just Antifa and BLM, but you know, you've got all of these, you know, people in the GOP that are aligning to undermine anything about white identity politics in the United States. And I find that truly terrifying. Stephen? I agree. And any Response to that, trying to organize along those lines, is going to be met with just crushing, you know, propaganda. And, oh, look at these hateful people! Like it just, you know, I don't know the the best way to get around that. But you know, it's, you can see what's happened to the rest of the quote unquote Western world. Uh, so whatever we think we have here is only what we do, what we exercise, I guess. It's, it, it seems like so many people are pushing from the other side, trying to steer this thing in a certain direction. It's, it, it, I don't know. that. that I don't know what's going to happen next, but we can't go off half-cocked is one thing. I'm afraid that they're going to push, like you said, to, to, to the stochastic terrorism and ramping it up to the point where somebody blows, and they, they'll get their little purple swan event, you know, and it'll look like... Like it's just organic, but no, nah, they knew this was coming, and they war gamed it out three trees ago, kind of thing. And, and I think that's that's what's coming next. I don't know when, but but soon, especially. And all these things happening in the election, you're not an accident. I just I was wondering about who Marjorie Taylor Greene's handler might be, and that about Carrie Lake is interesting. I had seen somebody offer to pay her to step down. Is it that? And then she released that recording and. Uh, to, to step out of politics, and the person who uh, uh, she recorded resigned is, is how it went, if I re- remember correctly. Right. The, yes. the head of the Arizona GOP ended up resigning. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. We still want to know who the people back east are that were mm-hmm. behind this. Yeah, they never say who they are. It's the, the people uh-uh. back east. How far east are we talking? Tel Aviv, maybe? <laughs> City well, of London? Yes, all the way back there. (laughs) Gentlemen, uh, you know, this thing about patterns, and, uh, you know, uh, that is big to me. I like what Napoleon said. He said that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And uh, so there are differences depending on the ages. But, guys, I want to take you back to something. I had a good friend who happened to be a member of law enforcement back in Colorado in 2013, and he recorded a training session that they went to. Now I would now let's let's go back a little bit so that we can set a pattern here. There was a lieutenant leading that pro that uh, training session, and his name was Plazinski, K L U C Z Y N S K I. He was the primary instructor, and he made this statement, folks, to. The training of cops on April the 1st of 2013, 
And he said, you as potential police officers should be wary of people who take the Bible literally or seriously. And you must believe our country was founded on Christian principles. Those are the people you need to be wary of. And that those not going along with the changes in our country will need to be controlled by law enforcement. And then he says, you know, that he asked the officers in attendance if they were willing and prepared to confiscate weapons if ordered to do so. Was it a mere coincidence? Or was he setting out a pattern that they have been following ever since? Frederick, your thoughts? Well, this just fits in line with everything we know of what, like uh, Bill Ayers of the Weather Underground, his whole philosophy, you know, he studied at the feet of uh, uh, Saul Alinsky, you know, Rules for Radicals. But, you know, he saw America as these Bible believer white people, we will never be able to convert them to Marxist thought. We have to just get rid of those people, put them in camps, take their children away from them. The children, if we get them young enough, then they can be salvaged. But you know, these adults, you know, they just they just cannot adopt the you know, the new world order, the Great Reset. And so Bill Ayers was you know talking about this. And, you know, just think how tight she was. He was with Hillary Clinton and the Obamas. So you see this, and after nine eleven, it was no mistake that suddenly the ADL is there sponsoring all of this training to American policemen to learn how to handle terrorists like they handled the Palestinians, right? So in 2003, or excuse me, 2002, on that anniversary of 9-11, you know, that was part of why I called it We're All Palestinians Now, because our law enforcement is being, you know, trained like the IDF and, you know, like the Shin Bet and, you know, Israel, and they're going to treat us like they treat Palestinians, and then this on top of, you know, the Patriot Act just being rammed through, and nobody being able to read it, and then slowly that year, because this was back when I was still doing politics, I would, you know, remember my last election was in that September, or that November of 2002, and so I was coming out, 9-11 Truth, and then as a whistleblower, it's my big platform, right? So I was Ooh. the most hated candidate <laughs> in all of North Kakalaki. Ah, uh, boy, did I read the room wrong there. Oh, but, yeah, big the, time. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that, but, uh, that's incredible. But yeah. the thing I think that we're trying to project here, guys, and I'm hoping that enough Americans are waking up to this. And that is that this whole thing has been in the plans for a long time. Just like you said, Frederick, Bill Ayers and these Marxist socialists know they cannot convert a Christian white person or a Christian black person. They know they can't convert them, so they're going to get rid of them. That's the only avenue, and now... As we are, and I'm looking at this, and I'm, I'm seeing some things that really trouble me. 1999, I'm sorry, uh, 2019, before the pandemic, 
The United States Senate, and I've got documents on this, the United States Senate gets a committee together ready to prepare how they can confiscate all IRAs and 401ks for the government. Now, folks, there's $28 trillion sitting in those things, probably closer to 30 now. And what are you going to do as an American taxpayer if next Friday the United States government says, oh, well, those IRAs and 401ks, guys, gosh, we're really sorry, but we've got to confiscate those because we've got to pay the interest on this debt. Now, I've got a question with all you people with all that money in there. What are you going to do? You're going to file a lawsuit? No, because the lawsuit's going to go nowhere. And you know that. The federal, the Constitution of 1789, people hate me for this, and that's fine. Hate me all you want to. The Constitution of 1789 was set up to protect the government from the people, not the other way around. And they have, look at it now. Look at what has happened with these federal judges. They overrule the states over and over and over and over again. And to heck with your Bill of Rights. They don't care. The Supremacy Clause of the Constitution, Article 6, Paragraph 2, gives them all of the power they want. And they cite it. And as James Madison said before the Constitutional Convention, we need to establish a government where the states will only exist where they are subordinately useful. Otherwise, forget it. And yes, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution says the federal government is supposed to protect the states from, inv from invasion. Has that happened? Nope. What can be done about it? Oh, take them to court. Well, who gets to decide? They do. I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, Blackbird, help me out here, buddy. I don't know what it's going to take to wake these people up. Do you? I've been trying for a long time, I, you know, blowing that whistle, you know, your lips start bleeding after a while, but I keep blowing it. Uh, but yet the big thing that you know, Marxists hate, besides you know, just white people, is the entire idea of independence. That is anathema to how the entire Jewish system, which is a master-slave system, is designed. You know, you have masters and you have slaves. You know, there's no such thing as an independent people. Independent people pose a threat to you. So you have to have people dependent on you. And one of the best ways to do that is to wipe out you know, financial independence, you know, things like IRAs and 401ks, your life savings. And also, you know, this is an attack on the nuclear family system. So, you know, depriving the family of generational wealth and, you know, they want you know, that wealth gone and they want no private property. You know, one of the maddening things here is every week I get you know, offers on the land here in Watauga and the land down in Wilkes on my family farm, you know, of these, you know, BlackRock 
front companies that are trying to buy up all the land, and oftentimes they put it in one of these NGO do-gooder groups, which is basically like you know the Blue Ridge Conservancy that my invading neighbors have put all our, the surrounding land in, which basically means people cannot live there anymore. You can't have a business there. You can't have a home. You can't have a garden. You can't put in a well. You can't do anything to that property because we're protecting it. And basically, they're just trying to turn this entire area into their own little private gated community because they're Rockefellers and they can, right? Uh, But that idea of wiping out the middle class, that is the crosshairs of Marx's philosophy and you know, they have done a great job. You know how many uh, uh, Gen Zers even think of ever having enough money to buy a house now? You know, and they're not going to be able to get the parents' house because you know grandma's house has to be sold to pay grandma's medical bills. You know, they can go in and seize that. You know, uh, to pay medical bills. And we see so many family farms go to the white coats of Baphomet. For that reason, there's this outrageous healthcare system racket in this country, the death industry. So anyway, that's just some of my thoughts on this, you know, seizing the assets. And that just fits the Marxist, you know, it's a Zabatian Frankist thing at the beginning. It's, you know, these people are evil. They worship evil. They want you suffering and groveling before them, right? And that, that's just their mindset. This is, they're not us. They're a different people. But back to you. Well, Blackbird, before I jump over to Stephen, here's the thing that I thought of so many times. And people, I've had people tell me when I tell them about these IRAs and 401ks, you know, the thing, I guess the one statement that just absolutely blows my mind is when a person says, well, the government can't do that. The government can do anything it wants to, and you can't stop it. So here is the thing. If the federal government suddenly declares that they need to tax you, your IRAs and 401ks. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 gives them that authority. They can just say, well, look what John Roberts did with the uh, uh, Obamacare. Nowhere in the document did it say it was a tax. John Roberts, as a Supreme Court, said, yeah, it's a tax. Okay, so now we regulate, and so there will be Obamacare. 37 states had said no, they didn't want it. Did that matter? People, you're going to have to wake up. Your country has slid right out from under you, and it's not here anymore. And you better wake up if you hope to ever protect your children and your grandchildren. Stephen, I'm ready when you are, buddy. Well, yeah. I don't know where the battle line is, really. I guess it's right here in our mind. People got to wake up to this, but it can be blackpilling when you look at how much the invasion is happening. I look at aerial maps or, you know, especially it's just all the agricultural lands going around here, too, especially the Greenville area, Greenville, Spartanburg area, I think is just exploding. And that that that's. I haven't seen so much the, uh, well, yeah, I have. Every time I go out at some places, certain places in Greenville, we're white minority in the in the business. I've noticed that, and I'd never noticed that before until the past mm, three years or so, three or four years. And it's mm. a lot of places now. 
Well, yep. Uh, what's that uh, statement that uh, uh, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, the last sentence, he said, I'm afraid that our posterity will wake up in a country where they are slaves when their ancestors fought for freedom. That's a paraphrase, but uh, that's that's pretty close. And I, I think we're we're there now. And if people, if you think you're not a slave, if you the Article One, Section Eight, Clause One, unlimited taxation for unlimited purposes, for anything the federal government declares is necessary and proper, you don't own anything, and you don't own your property. And the thing I worry about, uh, Frederick, with folks like yourself who are holding out for what's right. Is when suddenly they realize they can't buy that property from you, and suddenly the government comes in and raises your uh, property taxes to where you can't pay them. Exactly, and that's the thing that uh, here after the great battle for Blackjack Mountain two years ago, we lost half the land and our property taxes doubled because these Rockefellers immediately built McMansions around us that raised everybody's property tax up here. So, you know, we, like I said, we lost half the land and our taxes doubled, and they're getting ready to reevaluate us again so they can raise it some more. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's exactly my point. When a government can take everything you own, and we all know all 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto are backed by a U.S. government Alphabet agency. Why isn't anyone? Why? Why don't they have an agency to protect the American public? Nope. It's ours now, and you are happy. Yes, I think I hear that music coming, guys. Hang on. Be back on the other side. Wise men follow him. Wise men follow him. Thank God for the renegades. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing. And I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be. 
great product. A few days in and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. and the Renegade Roundtable. And uh, before we uh, jump into that, uh, you know, the thought was just passing through my mind as we talk about the white folks. And one of the things that they've done to us already, guys, is they have destroyed us uh, with their public fool system. 
the tenth plank of the Communist Manifesto. And I offer as two prime examples. I have a neighbor, and he is career United States military. He's in the Air Force, uh, nearing retirement, and uh, happened to bump into him uh, a few days ago. And I said, uh, well, I said, uh, Mike, which is his name, and almost as many of us as there are white people. But anyway, I said, Mike, uh, this weekend... Uh, I'm doing a special program with the survivors of the USS Liberty. And I thought I would just give you a heads up so you can listen if you want to. And here is a career military gentleman who looked at me and said, what's the USS Liberty? So if you're in the military and you don't know what this country has done to those brave gentlemen, how are you ever going to make a proper decision about which way this country goes? And the other one happened a day later, and I was ready to go into hibernation after this one, but I met a gentleman who's well-educated, and we were talking, and he was he's obviously a staunch Trump guy, and he was going, well, the one thing I can tell you uh, many times over, is that under under Democrats, the gasoline price always skyrockets. And it's always the Democrats that do that. And I said, well, you got to remember now that uh, back a few years ago, under George W. Bush, the gasoline prices tripled during his administration. And this guy looks at me with as straight a face as you can imagine and said, see, he was a Democrat, just like I told you. So, folks, if that is the level of intelligence in this country, when a military man has never heard of the USS Liberty and another individual didn't know that George W. Bush was a Republican, what chance do we have? Tell me, Blackbird. (laughs) It is. Maddening the power of the lie and our adversary, that is their wheelhouse. They are the masters of the lie. And one of the most diabolical lies, of course, is lying by omission. And the way they have been able to take control of education and academia in this nation, as well as all the media... And it's just things we don't talk about, you know, that once it's, you know, uh, been decided, you know, that just has to get memory hold. You are not allowed to talk about it. That is a hate fact. You know, that is the thing is it's true, but it's an uncomfortable truth. And so therefore you're not allowed to use it. And so this just takes the whole idea of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and throws it out on its ear. You know, this is pill pull. This is chutzpah. This is all about winning. And the idea is you never have anything to make you look bad and you know, in uh, taking control of the education, you know, 
garbage in, garbage out. When I was a young programmer, you know, that was the thing you learned. Guy go, garbage in, garbage out. And these children that are brought up with like this Holocaust nonsense and, you know, never told about the USS Liberty or erroneously told that it was a mistake and everybody was cleared. And anybody who says otherwise is just a horrible old anti Semite who wants to gas six guerrillion Jews, right? And uh, it's fascinating that, you know, as you were talking about the uh, punishment of the, you know, to hit them in the purse, you know, that. You know, going into 9-11, man, I had the portfolio. I had all kinds of great little things that would show up on numbers every month in my post office box, you know. And I would look at all those numbers. And then, you know, once I got smited and cursed, you know, amazing how quickly all those magic numbers on all those official pieces of paper disappear. And the next thing you know, you're living out of your car in a tent, right? But interesting enough... That you know, they went after people like me in the 9-11 truth movement. They went after the people in Charlottesville and took their seized their banks accounts, you know, seized their GoFundMe accounts, you know, their PayPal accounts, you know, took down their YouTube channels. Same thing with the Canadian truckers, same thing with the January Sixers, right? But interesting enough, no bank ever, ever seized any of the assets of Jeffrey Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. And if you ask where all those Talpiot mega billions went to, you know, then you're an anti-Semite. They don't tell you that that's all been funneled back to, you know, Unit 269 and the, you know, the rest of the Mossad operation, organized crime, you know, that money, you know, no, you don't touch that money. That's, you know, kosher money, you know, but you January 6ers, man, we're going to seize your bank accounts, you know, you, uh, you know, uh, you Canadian truckers, you know, you, you, that your money's ours now. So anyway, back to you. Well, uh, extremely well said. And uh, yes, they're, they're coming after everything and they have dumbed down in their minds a sufficient number of white people. They've dumbed them down to the point to where they can, you know, uh, get them to believe anything. I mean, you know, if you are a staunch Republican and believe that George W. Bush was a Democrat, uh, they have really infiltrated your mind. And so they're coming after us. But uh, very quickly, uh, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, there are two young ladies there in Middle Tennessee, twins, who are absolutely being taught the right way. And they are wonderful little rebels. And if I may, guys, I would like to dedicate this program to Emma and Ava Goza. So keep it up, girls, because our future depends on you. Stephen, go ahead, buddy. Oh, that's awesome. I have a little video. My grandson, just when he was just learning to talk, and he says, I am the future. And that's that's the only hope we got there is that maybe they'll learn the remnant will remember, you know, that's just, and, you know, I wanted to tell you that what y'all are talking about is uh, malinformation, and it is domestic terrorism, which makes each one of you enemy combatant. Would you come with me, please? I want to end up at the chicken shack after all. Mm. Are you going to the chicken shack, Blackbird? (laughs) But don't change my ways, right? Oh, hey, buddy, uh, (laughs) 
why don't you give the uh, people listening just a little bit of a background on how these wonderful people turned Watauga County, North Carolina, one of the most beautiful places on the planet, how they turned it into a Marxist haven. Oh, we had Mayberry. It was insane. And then 9-11 happened. And this high-trust, white, homogeneous Christian community of those mountaineers that tamed a wilderness so they have a place to raise their families, right? And you do great creative things. It's amazing the success stories here. After 9-11, we got invaded by about 200 chicken swingers with a bunch of ill-gotten gangs, namely the uh, Schaefer Dykes, what I would call them the Schaefer Kike Dykes. And uh, they basically, Daddy had the, uh, uh, the shop in the mall, Claire's, which was basically, you know, take your tween to the mall and teach her how to dress like a little whore, a little shiksa, right? And that's where all their money came. They're billions from that franchise. They are philanthropists, and they you know, hang out with Gloria Swanson, right? And they're here to fix Watauga County. So they built us a synagogue, a uh, Holocaust center at the university, took over all the stage uh, at the university. So they're in charge of booking all the entertainment now. Took over the health care system, you know. It's now the Schaefer Family Medicine System. And then the other was Leon Levine of Family Dollar, and if anybody ever talks about, you know, a happy worker from Family Dollar in the South, there's no such thing. It was one of the, you know, most ruthless Jewish companies ever, known for price gouging, etc. But suddenly, he's a philanthropist, and so he brings all his ill-gotten gains to also tacoon along the area, and so now they're, you know, financing all of these NGO groups that are basically bringing in the third world bringing in, you know, that this is now official Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, that we have to be tolerant to all the you know, degenerates running around now. And the uh, Appalachian State University got Jezebel Everts, you know, well, you know, a strong woman in sensible shoes that never had time to marry. She's too busy fixing the world from all those things the evil white people did. She comes in wipes out all the old male white Christian local staff, brings in the third world, and says, you know, diversity is going to be our number one goal and doubling this, you know, class size, right? So you've got a finite amount of infrastructure here in this little valley, and she says she's going to double the student count, which is just textbook, Calergi plan, Cloward Piven plan. And I'm sitting here like a deer, you know, <laughs> in headlights watching this train wreck, and every time you try to bring it up, you know, all the locals say, isn't it great that we're so progressive and don't do things the way our parents did? You know, and this is how the mind virus here. It's just amazing how woke this community is. And so much through these churches that are financially strapped. So they're taking all those 30 pieces of silver to host all these invading family or not families, invading individuals that are flooding the area. And they think they're philanthropists, you know, and good old, you know, Franklin Graham's leading the pack on all of that. He has Samaritan's Purse uh, stationed here. And it's amazing what a racket that operation really is. So, you know, we're just watching, you know, 
Armageddon is, you know, we turn slowly, or actually quickly now, turn into a third world country. Our Lowe's hardware now does the announcements in Spanish. <laughs> and boom, North Carolina, we're getting the announcements in Spanish. So back to you. Oh, my goodness. Steven, jump in here, buddy. That, okay, that's that's Spanish. You know what might have got the target on your uh, back was I remember in the 90s there were these run Rudolph run bumper stickers while Eric Rudolph was hiding out up in the mountains up there around Asheville more than Boone I yes. guess but you know that that there, things were a lot different back then and we had a few ops go on then too that that waved this back, dialect back and forth across the land kind of you know it's just and that, that this is fallout from that there was all this id tag and trace stuff going on with people then they just used different um tools you know we we that they got this handy little device we're talking in now but i remember back then there was of course you know you had your pallet and press mailing list and your loom panics mailing list and and etc cetera, etc cetera, and the short wave radio and things and you know, it was just a completely different world. When this infrastructure that they were building around us is ready, then they add things on top. And there's going to be a turnkey totalitarian system put into place, and then they're just going to unveil it. And we're already in it. That's what Harari wants. And, and they want it to be all the way down to the cellular level, too, I'm saying. It's just these people are nuts. It, when, when I when I start going down these Rabbit holes, rabbi, rabbi holes. Yeah, it just—it's like a maze at the bottom. It's like, man, we just—I, I, yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> it's just been—it's been a real pleasure to talk to you guys though tonight. I have to say, I—I I wish we was at the Dixie Republic, sitting in the Confederate corner, but you know, another oh, time. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? with a whiskey wheel there, and, and you know, some boiled peanuts and a nice drink. <laughs> well, everybody needs those boiled goobers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, guys, I, w- I was just thinking about something. I'm working on something, putting all my notes and stuff together for my latest Substack. And for you folks who would please support me at uh, my Substack, it's uh, Michael Gaddy all lowercase dot Substack. Dot com And if you would go there, tomorrow I'm putting out another episode. And this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I'm going to take the ancestors of the people who fought for the North and their heritage of the people who were actually there. And I'm going to compare it with the men from the South. And I think that's going to be a presentable I think people will see that what America was intended to be and what people believed America to be died in our second war for independence because of the cultural Marxist and the physical Marxist that invaded this country. And the fact that Lincoln had, you know, parts of his army that couldn't even speak English and folks, we are going to encounter the same thing. It's coming towards us full blast. So I hope if you get the opportunity, you'll check out my, I'll post it sometime tomorrow on Substack, good Lord willing, and uh, get that out there because I don't think most Americans even have a clue. So uh, 
Stephen, you have a comment there, sir. We're down to about seven minutes. So uh, tell the folks about your program and what uh, you do uh, at RBN. Please, sir. Okay, well, I'm on um, Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 Central Time. Thought Crime Live is the name of my show, and I'm a thought criminal. I have a lot of different thought criminals on, and I I hope, well, I'm not going to, until I confirm my guest for this coming week, I'm not going to mention it. But somebody I've never had on before that's never been on RBN, I've mentioned their work before, but I just want to make sure that they'll be able to make it, and I'm... You know, sometimes I'll come on with other hosts, too. I've been – I started um, with Beyond Official Narrative, uh, co-hosting with Richard, and I've had my own show since July, uh, a couple – be two years in July, and it went to two hours when Farron's – the alternative media uh, left, and I took those – the first one on Saturday morning now. I'm really glad to be here. RBN's like family to me. If you never heard me before – Thanks for listening, and and check out the Thought Crime Live on Saturday, and then Rebel Madman Radio in the afternoon, Mr. Gaddy here, and then uh, Frederick, you tell them about about yours, too. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, that's part of my Saturday morning routine is to get up early and uh, listen to your Saturday show. really enjoyed a great show today. Uh, Yeah, they're doing the uh, Snack Shack. That's a multicast on Saturdays from 7 to 8, and uh, really enjoying that uh, format, having call-ins and everything. Really good guests. Both of you have been guests, and I appreciate that. And also, RBN is on Sunday night is running an encore of my old Breakfast Club series. They're taking the second hour, which I always referred to as a of a as a Paul Harvey deep dive rest of the story for a post nine eleven America. And so basically it's just a uh, you know an hour of connecting the dots throughout a timeline. And so uh, that's plays after Mr. Robert Ravolt getting ready for Robert's show. Robert, Robert, Robert. And I would just like to say that uh, when I was living out of my car in my tent for those two years, that Eric Rudolph was my spirit animal here in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> Big time. Big time, <laughs> buddy. Big time, buddy. Well, guys, thanks for telling the folks about your programs. And I, I sincerely hope that they will tune in. And also, folks, we need to reemphasize emphasize to support rbn get your donation in for your chance at this beautiful never used beautiful handcrafted southern quilt handcrafted and get your donation in for your chance to being the owner of this beautiful quilt you can see it if you check into republic broadcasting network and uh guys we're we're running out of time here but uh, I would like, uh, Blackbird, give me your final synopsis on the scenario, what you think is going to happen in Texas with this mess. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I really enjoyed it. And, yes, you know, I don't want to be a bucket tosser, you know, tossing cold water on an organic movement. But like everything, you know, we know our adversaries – you know, tactics, and even if they're not behind this, they're not pulling the string, they're still going to try to 
you know, a benefit from it some way. It's like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. So, you know, they're going to be out there with their chaos agents trying to entrap white people to destroy white people. Another, you know, tag and trace and destroy like, you know, Charlottesville is the potential. Uh, so it's definitely going to keep everybody's eye on this story. So uh, appreciate y'all's insights. It gave me a lot to th- think about. So back to you. Thank you, Stephen. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, watch for the uh, money changers and the, all that. Who's who's trying to influence the selection coming up? And that I don't. Who benefits? That that's the big thing too. Qui bono? It's. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Don't fall for every something. I'm afraid is going to happen. That like we you said, we'll fool a lot of people at first. Again, that we're reaching. One of those economic points where everything – right before the pandemic, there was all this uh, – it, it was a lot of chaos too. And now it's pumped way beyond that since they pumped that in. It's just this level of fiat insanity has never happened before that, that I can – it's just crazy. So at some point they're going to say, oh, we have to go to this digital currency too. I don't know how that plays into all this either, but all these agendas are moving forward at once. And at some point, it seems to be focusing on Texas, but the other ones aren't stopping either. I heard someone today told me that oh, the hospitals are filling up with masks and tests again, and they're they're pushing that stuff again too now. So that's going to come out in spring. And May, something big is going to happen with the treaty, with the pandemic treaty. I heard a that that's what I'm hoping to cover more about next uh, Saturday morning, but I don't want to say who who yet unless I know they're going to come on. All right, buddy. Uh, great job. And the one thing I remember about the Minuteman operation in 2005 is we were heavily infiltrated with government agents uh, from the ACLU, as we used to call it, the Anti-Christian League. And uh, then we also were infiltrated with SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, people and that uh, Southern Poverty Law Center is under the dominion and control of the CIA. Anyway, here comes the music, folks. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Blackbird 9, Stephen, can't thank you enough. Folks, God bless and hang on. It's going to be a mess. Thanks, Mr. Producer. Robert, Good night, everyone. Robert, Robert. <laughs> Good night, y'all.
would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.